You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. The topic we're going to talk about today, I believe, is one of the most important topics we've ever discussed in Musser, in character development, and I think it is critically important that we really gain a grasp of this idea. The topic is kavod. Kavod is loosely translated as honor. But what I would like to introduce is the idea beyond honor of dignity, something that our generation truly lacks, dignity. You see, we live in a world of values. We live in a world where everything is valued by the amount you're willing to pay for it. This pen is valued by how much money you're willing to pay for it. This cup, this coffee cup, is valued at the amount you're willing to pay for it. Everything we have around us goes by the value that one is willing to pay for. So if you have an item that nobody's willing to pay anything for, it has no value. Think of the most valuable, most precious thing in the world is time. If someone was sitting on their deathbed and they say, you know what, for a a million dollars, we can get you another two hours of life. Who wouldn't pay a million dollars for another two hours of life? The greatest asset we have is time. But we have another dimension we need to talk about, and that is the value of a human being. And that is not defined by money. That is defined by honor. The more valuable a person is, the more honor we bestow upon that person. It makes a lot of sense. If you have a, a rabbi, if you have a, someone who is a, a spiritual leader, someone who is a mentor, you have respect for them. Their value, their human value goes by how much honor you bestow upon them. We have multiple different types of honor. We have an honor of ourself, of mankind, and we have an honor of Hashem. And we're going to go through to discuss each of those categories clearly. So we live, like we mentioned, in a world of values. Value is determined by the price and the amount of money we are willing to pay. Everything has value. A profession has value. People are ready to spend a lot of money to be educated, to become a nurse, to become a doctor, to become a lawyer, to become an accountant. We value professions by the time, but also the money that we are willing to, people are willing to pay a lot of money for wisdom, except for Torah. Torah is free. It's a Morasha Kihilas Yaakov. It is an inheritance for every Jew. It belongs to you. You don't have to pay for it. Of course, donations are always welcome. You can go to torchweb.org and make your very generous donation. But it doesn't cost money. Mankind has value too. How do we establish mankind's value? By the honor and respect we show towards a person. And there are no sets of rules for this. Every single human being needs respect from an adult to a teenager to a child to a baby. Every human being needs respect. You know, statistics show that the highest demographic of suicide is white-collar criminals. You think of this individual who was a CEO of a company and lived in River Oaks, drove a nice Bentley, 
everyone honored him. Everyone respected him. He was invited to be on every board, in every museum. Everyone wants this person because he has wealth and he has uh, success, so to speak. He's caught on a crime and he's thrown into, the, into prison. Suddenly nobody visits him. No one calls for his advice. Everyone says, we always knew he was a crook. We always thought there was something odd about him. And everyone throws him under the bus. And before you know it, there's no more dignity left. His loss of social regard and respect makes him worth nothing. What else is left for life? An elevated person doesn't need regard of others or respect of others, but instead he respects others. Okay? You want to know who someone is honor who, who is an honored person? Who is an honorable person? Someone who honors others. Someone who looks at the opportunity to honor others. That is, a, that is a definition for their own worth. You know, it's a very beautiful idea we see in Judaism. And that is, we cover the challah. Friday night, Shabbos day, before we, right? We cover the challah. Why do we cover the challah? Because typically a meal begins, our sages tell us a meal begins with bread. We know Friday night, Shabbos day, how do we start the meal? With wine. We make kiddush. We recite the kiddush giving testimony, just as God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, so too we work six days and rest on the seventh. And that's the testimony we give in the Kiddush that we recite every Shabbos, morning and evening. And that comes before we begin our meal, before we break bread. So we don't want to insult the bread, so we cover the bread. And we all know the bread doesn't have feelings. The bread doesn't have emotions. The bread doesn't have a heart. It's not going to sit there crying, wailing, I can't believe it. I'm always the first and now you honored someone else before me. So why do we do this? Our sages tell us we don't do it for the bread. We do it for us. We do it to teach ourselves what it means to be cautious for someone else's dignity. What it means to be caring for someone else's honor. It really is a, a remarkable sensitivity that we have. In Judaism, we learn about dignity through the teachings of the Torah. We say about the Egyptians, if they come and they want to convert, accept them to become converts. Why? Because don't forget, after all, they housed you, they fed you, they gave you, albeit with many, many challenges of slavery, with many, many uh, humiliating experiences. But we appreciate human dignity. We see throughout the Torah always to preserve one's dignity. You know, the story is told about the Chafetz Chaim. I saw this multiple times. I read this story where the Chafetz Chaim was a guest in someone's house. Now, the Chafetz Chaim typically probably, I'm just wondering, how did the Chafetz Chaim eat at someone else's house on Shabbos? Well, the Chafetz Chaim, as is told, towards the later years of his life, went from city to city, town to town, village to village, to sell his books so that more Jews will be knowledgeable in the laws of the Torah and more Jews should be inspired. And he would speak and sell his books. And I assume that he was probably there for a Shabbos and he ate in someone's house. And this individual, when they walked in from shul Friday night, he says to his wife, hey, where's, where's the cover for the challah? The Chavetz Chaim whispers to, this, to the master of the home and he says to him, why do we cover the challah? He says, what do you mean? So we don't embarrass the challah. He says, oh, but, but your wife, you could embarrass. The idea of gaining the sensitivity 
towards a challah, an inanimate object, is that we gain the sensitivity to every other creature. You know, even to a, a fly. If a fly bothers you and you swat it and you see it on the floor and it's suffering, you have to kill it because you're not allowed to let an animal suffer. This is not coming from the modern day animal rights activists. This is coming from our Torah where the Torah teaches us to have the proper sensitivity to other creatures, not only to animals. You know, by the way, just another interesting thing, we don't want an animal to suffer one second, one millisecond. Do you know that every animal, how does an animal, how does a human being, an animal feel pain in the brain? If I pinch you on your finger, your brain gets a nerve message to the brain, this is, I'm oversimplifying it, but just so that we understand, a message is sent through your nerves to your brain, ouch, it hurts, and it responds accordingly. If it's a cut, it sends the necessary uh, you know, coagulant to close the cut, to clot the blood from, from bleeding out, but it, it's, it's miraculous how the body reacts. But if you cut off the blood supply to the brain, the brain stops functioning in a millisecond. So it's an amazing thing that the way we slaughter animals in Judaism for a kosher animal is done in a way where the animal has the least possible pain. In fact, it has no pain. So it's very interesting. I can show you a diagram, but I don't have one right in front of me. But animals, very interestingly, have one, they have two veins going, carotid veins going to their, to their head, to their brain. Okay, one is at the front of their of their uh, of their neck, and one is on the back of their neck. But if you slaughter the animal at the front of the neck, it's it's still receiving a blood supply. Except there's only one type of animal that has both of those carotid arteries in the front of the neck. That's right, you guessed it. Only kosher animals. Kosher animals are the only animals that have both carotid arteries at the front of the neck. You know that. Muslims, other uh, other uh, religious groups that slaughter animals, they don't do it the way we do it. They they'll electrocute them, they'll shoot them, they'll they'll the, the animal suffers terribly. In Judaism, the animal, if we properly slaughter an animal, not only that, is that you have to ensure that the knife that's being used for slaughtering has no nicks. So they use, if you look at a, at a shochet, at a slaughterer. If you look at their nail, they'll have a long thumbnail because they need to use that thumbnail to go on that blade of the knife to ensure that there's not a single nick, so that there shouldn't be one millisecond of extra pain to that animal. That's how careful we are to the pain, to the dignity of other creatures. The Torah teaches us that before a human sits down to eat, you need to feed your animals because we have proper respect and dignity for our creatures around us. Not only, by the way, we feed our children. We ensure that they have what, you know, my mother always said, children are thirsty, you give them first. Adults can wait a minute. You can wait two minutes. Give the children first. That's the way we grew up. You can tell the character of a person, the sensitivity, the delicateness, the way they care for an animal, the sensitivity that they have. It's very telling about a person, who they are, their character, by how they treat animals.
So an elevated person, we said, doesn't need regard from others, but we still, there is, if they're hated by everyone, you can't really survive unless you have a really strong internal, an internal force that keeps you going. It says, Who is honored? This is in uh, chapter 4, Mishnah 1 of Tractate Avot, Pirkei Avot, of Ethics of Our Fathers. Not to give honor and also not to take is impossible. There's no such thing as I don't give honor and I don't take honor. We're either givers of honor or we're takers of honor. We could be both. But the difference between humans and objects, objects can be purchased with money. Mankind, however, is spiritual. Honor and respect is that spiritual value. Think of the Almighty. What can we give to the Almighty? You're going to give him chocolate chip cookies? What are you, he's not Santa Claus, right? The Almighty doesn't need our cookies. He doesn't need anything from us. God doesn't either need our prayers. But what we give God is honor. We give God respect. We give God love. That's what we're trying to do in all of our service of the Almighty. The barometer of spirituality is honor and respect. The way in which one acts, which is, by the way, the halacha tells us that even one in his own room, in the room of rooms, so you're in your home alone, you don't have anyone there, the way in which you act with proper dignity, even when you're alone, with modesty, for your own self-respect, for your own self-dignity, for your own self-worth, not because someone else is going to see, because I'm a human being, because I'm a special person. That identifies the spirituality of, of a person. God is holy. It says, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Holy, holy, holy. Yet, how do we know this? Because, Milo Chol Haaretz Kevodo. Because the whole land is his honor. Holiness and honor. One equals the other. One identifies the other. Because the whole land is honored, that's how we know, kadosh, 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 that God is holy. Every place that there is holiness, there is also honor. Every place that there is holiness, there's also honor. My rabbi, may he live and be well. He's a man of purity, a man of holiness. You know what comes along with it? Honor. The way you carry yourself. You know, my rabbi would always... Always teach us about honor, how to eat, how to how to walk, how to talk. It says that a, a righteous Torah scholar shouldn't run. You don't run. It's called a psiagasa. It's called a a arrogant stride. It's unbecoming. And think of it like this. I, I give an example. I know Lahavdil Elafdil is not to compare between holy and unholy. But let me give you an example. Imagine a priest. Standing at a street corner, you see him with his white collar. He's leaning back against the wall with his leg up, reading a paper, holding a beer. What would be wrong about that picture? Because the image you have of a priest is one who's dignified. Even more so if someone is filled with Torah, if someone is filled with true godliness, someone is filled with true spirituality, we should carry ourselves in a way of dignity, a way that's proper which is why a Jew needs to distinguish themselves from the nations. The Rambam writes that if the nations are wearing black shoelaces, you should wear white shoelaces. We should be different. It's funny because in our 
generation, we think, we're convinced, no, we have to assimilate. They shouldn't know that we're Jewish. You think they don't know. Ronnie, you think they don't know that you're Jewish? Give me a break. They know that you're Jewish. But, and it's funny, I had, this is the first time this happened to me. I had a guy, I don't remember which store this was in. I walked into a store and a guy stopped me. He says, you're Jewish. He says, you're the chosen people. He says, I can tell by your kippah. He says, can I touch your holy tassels, the holy strings of your tzitzit? Go right ahead. <laughs> I'm on display, right? <laughs> like, you have to pay for that, sir. <laughs> I'm like a walking museum. Uh, but the, the it really is, it, it's, it's interesting. But we have to understand that as Jewish people, as Torah scholars, as people who are wanting to grow and connect with the Almighty, we have to represent that in the way we walk, in the way we talk, in the way we dress, in the way we act. We have to properly carry that banner of Hashem upon ourselves. That holiness that we say in Kadosh, 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 Moloch, Laras, because we represent the Almighty in this earth, in this land that we live in. Mankind has and is holy. A holy soul is placed within each and every one of us. It requires our attention that we honor that soul. We have to understand that we have a triple A, super duper, holy spiritual soul within us. And not to think for a second that, well, it's a soul, it's holy, but you know what? I'm just me. You are just me, but God gave you such a lofty soul so that we take our body and we elevate it to the level of that soul. The Torah deals in great detail with this honor that is required for holiness and spirituality. The Shabbos, what is the Shabbos called? Yom Zemichubad. It's a day of honor. Mikol Yamim, of all days. You know how we honor the Shabbos, right? Because the more holy something is, the more honor is attributed to it. It's honored in such a way because we dress in special clothes. I have a tie, I have ties, shoes, suits that are only worn on Shabbos. It's the only time I wear them. Special clothes. I have a talus that is special for Shabbos. I have a talus for weekday and a talus for Shabbos. We're supposed to have clothes. We're supposed to have lights in the home. We're supposed to have foods. We're supposed to have dishes that are specifically designated for Shabbos. You know why? Yom Zemechubad Mikol Yomim. This day is sanctified. This day is holy. But more than anything, it is honored more than any other day. Honor, kavod, also, the word kavod also means heavy. Kal, however, light, something that is light, also comes from the root word of klala, which means a curse. What we're trying to do is we're trying to realize the seriousness, the the heaviness, the value, the weight of something. And that we determine through the honor that we display. It devalues things. What is when when we laugh and we mock and we make something called kalut rosh, which is the lightheadedness of laughter. You know what that does? That removes all respect. You know what comedy at night, all these night shows that they laugh, they laugh at the president, then they laugh at the, at the, at the, at the uh, you know, whoever's at the podium at the White House, and they laugh at all the current events, and they laugh at this, and they laugh at that. You know what they're doing? They're demeaning human beings. They're belittling human beings. 
They're making fun of human beings. They're making it light. In our Torah, we're prohibited to do that. We don't mock other people. We don't laugh at other people. We don't get a giggle on someone else's expense because that devalues them. We learned and we, we studied this actually the past several weeks in the Talmud, in Tractate Kiddushin, we were talking about the honor that is due for an elderly person. That you should stand up before an elderly and you shall give honor to an elderly. Our sages tell us that someone over the age of 70, someone over the age of 70, you have to give them honor. You know why? What is the most valuable thing in Judaism? Wisdom. Someone who lived 70 years on planet Earth has a tremendous amount of life wisdom. They may not be a Torah scholar, but they have wisdom. They have experience wisdom. And that's something we value. And the halacha tells us that even a non-Jew, even a non-righteous, non-sage, not someone who's an evildoer, but someone who's not necessarily a scholar, you're obligated to honor them as well. Why? Because we value wisdom. And we show it by giving honor. We show our values by what we honor. It says that the honor of your friend should be as valuable to you as your own. The way in which you value others should be the way in which you value yourself. What's the problem with that? The problem with that is that if we don't honor ourselves, how can we honor someone else? If we don't love ourselves, it says, You should love your fellow like yourself. But what happens if I don't love myself? I can't love someone else. If I don't respect myself, how can I respect someone else? And that is the exact point. The point is that we need to realize that we can't honor another person if we don't have honor for ourselves. We can't love another person if we don't love ourselves. So just to wrap up what we discussed this past hour, the idea that we value things by the honor we attribute to them. And it's very telling to us. If you want to know what a person is, see what they honor. They honor the Shabbos. They honor God. They honor their fellow human being. That's someone who's honorable. Someone who everybody else you despise. You don't, you don't have respect for other people. Uh, this one, and they're able to mock everybody and belittle people. It's telling on themselves, on who they are. God should bless us all, that we should all be people of great honor, great dignity, because we're very holy people, and we should identify that. We should live with that self-dignity, with that self-honor. We'll talk about this more because... You know, the the Talmud says that someone who eats in the marketplace is like a dog. A dog doesn't have self-dignity. It'll eat any place. We're not dogs. We should have self-dignity. We shouldn't be a person who walks around the mall eating on their pizza like like they're in the middle, right? That's not, there's no self-worth. There's no self-dignity. There should be a proper, honorable, dignified way in which we eat. Also, in our homes, the way we eat should be dignified, should be honored. Honor, dignity, the way we value things 
is by the honor we attribute to human beings is the honor. See, for objects, items, we value by how much money we're willing to spend. Human beings, we value by how much honor we give to them. Ourselves as well. The more honor we give to ourselves, the more, not, it's not that we give ourselves honor, but the more dignity that we display, the more honorable one is, the more we respect that person. And a person should respect, of course, our spouse, right? The more respect we have for our spouse, the more we value them. The honor system in Judaism is the value of the human being. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcast.com.